When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a production of Dirty Mo Media. Here's what's ready to happen here. Brett don't spot no more, so he wants practice all the time. I think y'all should practice eight hours a weekend. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> Only on road course weekends when you're there. <laughs> I'm not spotting road courses, am I? Uh, I thought, yeah. Uh, yeah I'm spotting Richmond. Yeah, They said, some, some <laughs> talking about we need more practice. I said, it's definitely <laughs> Brett. <laughs> Hey everybody, I'm TJ Majors, <laughs> <laughs> spider of the six cup car, the eight exciting car, uh, and the O2 truck. Joining me today. We're working on TJ's nine <laughs> nine hundred number voice this morning. Uh, what's up, Freddie Kratz? I'm doing, I'm doing Casey's reads from now on. <laughs> Contact Casey. By all means, go. For it. I am still. You want, do you want my Venmo? Because I mean, I could accept some money right now. <laughs> This show, I wish, I don't know how much of the beginning Andrew can yeah, actually play, sure. but this show has been a it's hell of a morning to start with. It ended off, it didn't even start on the rails, it just started <laughs> off the rails and it's still there. Uh, what's up? Freddie Kraft spotter for Bubba Wallace and Chandler Smith this weekend. I also had Ed Jones for three corners of the truck race. Um, and that was about it. I did not have a great weekend in uh, old Coda. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. What's up, Kate? Oh, by the way, Brett, um, doesn't have anything to say for a little while. We yeah. moved to the showtime for Brett, yeah. and, he's and then he's still, still not, not here. here. I would assume what his, a fl- his flight probably got delayed, I would assume, because he just landed. Uh, but he'll be here in a little while. What's up, Casey? Hey, hey. So back from Austin, where Tyler Reddick scored his first win for 23-11 racing. Um, I would ask how Austin was, but I don't know if you guys are the ones I should be asking, considering how you finished. Well, technically, <laughs> I had about an average of a 19th place finish yesterday <laughs> because I actually spotted for Tyler too. I think it was a little. I think it was a little bit better. <laughs> no, than no, Atlanta. you can't <laughs> jump in if you don't take the. No, green, no, no. I'm not, just saying, yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't take any credit. He's not taking credit. I, for I said it. my I, my day averaged out to about a 19th. I mean, it, it was better than Atlanta, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a fact. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You, you're. You've had a rough couple weeks. <laughs> <laughs> the last two have not been well. That's not good. Uh, TJ, uh, I mean, uh, you you had your hands full. TJ, that? T- I, my, my, my cars and trucks got spun out so many damn times. It, what happened? You got spun out? Which sat- time? Saturday? You got a narrow. Oh, it's at least six or seven. I didn't spin you out, right? I mean, nothing. Well, no, yeah, you actually sh- you did. <laughs> so, And this is the, Freddie goes to another corner than where I'm at. So you weren't <laughs> over <purpose>. there. <laughs> I mean, you probably had a good view of it. No, I was I was with you on Saturday. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well. Yeah, it was. Uh, which race do you want to start with? I mean, we could. <laughs> uh, the truck race. The truck race was pretty good, I thought. You know, it seemed like Ross and and Kyle had it in control, and then here comes Zane with some pitch strategy, gets the lead, and checks out and wins. Yeah. And uh, he was running his times. You know, the race were fast. Yeah, he was faster than Kyle. You know, yeah. I thought when Kyle got the second, he's going to run him down, and I looked at the lap times, and I was like, oh, they're breaking even. Yeah, that thirty-eight truck. Has been fast at road courses, especially there. Yeah, even when Todd was driving. Yeah, too. Todd won there, and he was super fast. So, um, 
what'd you have? What happened to you in the truck race? Did you get run over about hundred times? Uh, well, we only got like a lap of practice in because we had a mechanical issue. We couldn't qualify, so we started in the very back. And uh, actually, I mean, Chris passed a bunch of cars the first lap, and we probably got ten or twelve cars. And um, the race is kind of playing out. We're settling in, and um, we get spun out by uh, Taylor Gray in the S's where. We go into turn oh, two. I remember you yelling at Nick about this. Yeah, well, we go into turn two, and everybody's single file. Then the next thing you know, he's spun out. Like, we're – you don't – like, you just can't pass there. If you're not – if you don't have position before you get to the S's, you kind of just wait. You just stay single file until you are you get through there. But, I mean, I it was out of my vision. Like, I couldn't even see – you know where turn two is where they go out? Oh, yeah, behind they the trees. They just dove in there somewhere. Like, where are you going at that point? And, I don't know, it's just inexperience on – probably Taylor's part for forcing an issue because he could have taken himself out just as easily mess his truck up right there. But that was the first one. And then the second one, we, uh, we're just kind of riding in the maybe teens low. Like I think we were in the teens somewhere and Stuart Friesen just gets to 13 and drives it in there until he punts us out of the way like normal. So that's good. Oh, there he is. Oh, he made it. Brett it's pretty has, early. Brett has arrived. Brett is Brett is in the house. <laughs> I think it needs to be a little bit lower. Um, but how yeah, about, what happened? I didn't see a replay of this or a good replay of this. Did Haley intentionally wreck the 04? Like, I don't know. I I don't know if she just. It looked like she kind of missed the corner a little bit, but I don't know if she was go like mad at him or something. It looked like. Depending on what side you want to see, I think you could go. You, you could you could pick what side you want and make it look that way. I mean, that's what did you see? The I, replay? I just saw one quick replay, like on the big screen, as I was walking to the car, and I was like, "That looked yeah. intentional," and I never got to see another replay of it. It kind of did, but then it kind of didn't. I don't know, but I, I mean, I didn't hear, I didn't hear anything like where she was mad at him. You know what I mean? Like normally, you know when when people are going after somebody there. Yeah. But and I don't know if you you don't miss the corner by that much to intentionally wreck somebody. It's pre- I mean, you follow through the s's, just punt them. You know yeah. what I mean? Like this was like pretty far out <laughs> it so. was a weird deal um yeah my truck race ended in third turn like i don't know was, i think they broke a track bar or a truck yeah. arm and creeped around and that was the end of my day so uh they'll get that fixed up for next week my xfinity race was kind of wild uh just kind of mid-pack all day and ran through the back of tj apparently one time i didn't even know what happened oh yeah um, until the next restart channel is like oh yeah and man i didn't really mean that on the eight i just i just locked it up and what's up doing hey where you been <laughs> at the airport <laughs> don't ever judge charlotte by its airport because it is the worst airport in the country we land you can't find a parking place at the gate you get your bags it takes an hour anyway here i am well two yeah, minutes in already started something out fresh fresh in from literally austin texas got up at 3 30 this morning so i could be here with y'all well we were just talking about how they can't really talk about their finishes or how well Austin went. Com- my finishes. Well, we up, TJ we should be game. dizzy as much as he spun out yesterday. I, I could have washed my clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you had to have spun out seven times. I think it was six, but it might have been seven. <laughs> I don't know. Thank God, you, thank God your car number 813. <laughs> I mean, it, it might have been. But yeah, Freddie just... I'm watching the cars go through, let's see, 13, 14. They're heading into 15, and I'm looking through binoculars over there. So y'all weren't in a turn one stand. Y'all were in another stand where you I see I was in more. turn one. Oh, you were? We're yeah. talking about Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. I'm talking about yeah. Saturday. I'm looking across because okay. you can see bits and pieces. Yeah, you can. Yeah. And I see this gap. They're going into 15, and I see the gap, and you're side by side with somebody going into 15. And next thing I know is, hold the brake, get it straight. And I'm like, what just happened? Here comes the 16 again. I mean, 
at some point he's gonna have to realize you can't keep wrecking the same guy. Like, well, I mean, you can. There's one way to fix that: wreck him back. <laughs> I mean, good lord, man! Like, why? Why are you driving so hard at these points in the race? Phoenix was so early. This was like fairly early in the race. It wasn't like mid part. Yeah, it was mid, middle. Mid of the race. It's because of how you groomed them guys in the truck series. That's why. Like, oh. whole, I mean, I, the gap, I put my binoculars down because the gap was so big. And then I'm like, get us right. Hold the brake. Hold the brake. Get us right. I'm like, well, it just happened. <laughs> so I thought we spun out by ourselves. And now here come the, I don't the know 16. Yeah, with the plow on the front of it. I'll again. tell you what. I will never. I will probably never not do a race from where I was yesterday. Because you it's can see. not even close. You can see way where more. Here's, here's, here's the problem. Turn 12 grand stain yesterday. Here's the problem. The hardest place to spot is turn one. And so if you guys being, you know, the full-time guy aren't in turn one, you're sticking a guy up there that may freeze up, may not know what to say. Like, it's hard to have a guy because turn one, they're coming at you. You're really not high enough. You really need to be higher in that spotter stand, I think, in turn one. Yeah. And and so if if the main guy, obviously one of us, uh, or one of us kind of a main guy people, um, if you're not there, you, who do you stick there? Yeah, I, you know, honestly, I I could have called turn one from turn 12 yesterday. Yeah. You know, you you don't you, – you see them probably around that scoring pylon that's yep. at the end of the pit road. Yeah. That's um, what you see. Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah, like you can't – I'm useless in that situation because you can't see coming up the hill and you can't see going down the hill yeah. over there. Right. And then you go, they disappear and you only see them for one cor- two corners. Um, so where I was yesterday, and it was one of the teams I was with. I won't throw anybody under the bus, but one of the guys I was with – uh, over there in 12, they were actually spotting on channel two. Like if there was a hole, like, you know, so they would tell the guy in turn one, if there was a hole, you know, cause you could see him coming up the hill when it flattened out at the top of the hill, you really couldn't see anything. But then when they came back down the hill, you could, you get another better look. At I was them. doing that for 12 across ways. Cause yeah. I had, a, I, you, when you're over there though, you can see the gaps in the 12 yeah. and that's probably the weak spot for that. Well, that no, well I was in turn 12 grandstand. A lot of guys were in turn 15 grandstand. So like turn oh, 12 was easy for me. Outside the track. I was 12. outside the track in 12. So I, I was like stadium. halfway down the straightaway. No, I wasn't in the stadium. Yeah. So you had a really good angle in the 12. You, lo- you had a bad angle in the 15 though. Um, so you're, there's always going to be trade-offs. But oh, yeah. there was one time where the, these guys talked about it. They said, all right, uh, I'm going to tell you on Channel 2, you know, what it looks like from my vantage point. You just keep, you know, kind of listen and keep spotting, which is not easy to do. But well, like, we've I mean, been, it is for us, but it's yeah, not for a guy yeah, who don't do it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the guy standing next to me said, well, that didn't work. I said, what happened? <laughs> he said, the guy was doing a great job coming up the hill. He said, I started talking about Channel 2, and he stopped talking. Like, like he was like listening to me instead of spotting still. Yeah. Uh, so they, I guess they went back to just letting him spot. But li- if it got down to the end of the race and I was worried about it, I probably would have done turn one myself from turn 12. Yeah, but you um, didn't get to the end of the race. I did. Well, I was in the end of the race. I was in a different <laughs> corner by then. What? <laughs> I, so you mentioned you took over. You, you helped Tyler's team. Where did you? So we only have one absolute blind spot on the racetrack as where we have our spotter locations, and it's turns 19 and 20. Yeah. Um, where right, I spun the, out the first the, time. In the, the yeah, first. and that's that's kind of why I went over there because that was you know that that was a big wreck over there, knocked out uh, seventy seven and the eighty four. Um, so I just walked over there and stood. There's a little, little hill right there. I seen some DBC fans on the hill, took some pictures, and uh, just did like turns at nineteen and twenty, and just you know it kind of helps also with pit road. You can see when guys are peeling off the pit, which normally none of the spotters could see at the time. So. I just went over there and helped out because I was bored and had nothing to do. Did you watch on TV, Casey? I did. 
Did you hear what Kurt Busch kind of said? I guess he got kind of tearful. At he one did, point. and we do have an, a topic on that for Mass TVC later. But yeah, oh, it cool. was. It was. I was. I was going to ask overall. Um, I don't know. I, well, originally I thought maybe Freddie watched it on TV after, but I guess not. I uh, but I. I was curious. You know, I thought there were some comments on around some negative comments around having so many people covering the race as far as a broadcast between Gunther and Chase and Kurt. I think I personally liked it. I think that there is a place for somebody like Gunther within the race or within the broadcast. I'm not sure if how they did it was right, but I think that they're, what they were doing and their goal worked out well. Um, he provided some great Were they insight. on there at all at the same time, like Mo, uh, four Chase, of them? Chase there came were four in, guys in the booth. Yep. Chase came in and out um, at certain points. They would kind of tee it up to him, whether it be like the fuel strategy portion or when there was a caution that came out, which I think worked out really well. He gave um, some good insight on yeah. choosing. Like if I were Kyle Busch, I wouldn't take the outside front row here. I'd take the inside behind the leader again because it worked out well the time before. Like – Definitely was inside, but where you were at? but but if do I, you could hear it in the yeah yeah in the yeah suite. yeah we hear it in sweet. But what I don't understand is like why wouldn't Chase Elliott just come to the racetrack? He wasn't there. No, he no. was uh, virtual. He looked like COVID all over again. Oh, I didn't know that. that I thought means, he was. I, thought I, mean, he was there. I think if you were the come to the racetrack, it would broke be broke leg or whatever. People. Yeah, I think it was fine for how it was because we didn't need everybody talking at the exact same time. I think they did a great job of of teeing it up to him at various points when he needed or could provide some insight. Yeah, I, I am. I hate to go back to the old school way, but I appreciate a guy like Mike Joy in the booth, a driver like Clint Boyer in the booth, and give me a crew chief or give me some other perspective. I don't need 13 drivers on the on the broadcast. And essentially yesterday you had three. Um, but I saw they're bringing Larry Mack back this week, which I think is smart. I, I think there's nobody who works harder in the business than Larry Mack. I mean, him and Bob Pockers, the guys do their homework. They got their stats. They got the information that they give us that we otherwise would never know. Yeah, 100%. Bob, did you see Bob trying to balance on the front stretch wall? Uh, no. Solid skills. That was pretty funny. I saw that. He was, you know, he shoots that video afterwards, and he was standing on the pit wall, and Gluck filmed him, like, balancing on the wall, trying to pick his camera back up. Yeah. It was pretty funny. Well, yeah. like Spike Lee, um, man. But, I mean, I mean let's well, – I mean, Tyler Reddick really kind of put an ass whooping on everybody. I mean – We but, saw him practice. I yeah. mean, his times were ridiculous. It was a second fashion, everybody in practice. Yeah. And, and I want to get to this because we had multiple – three overtime starts. I, I think he still had to work for it. It's not like he oh. ran away with it at the end. I mean, I thought it was a good race. What did you guys think of the three overtimes – now that it's unlimited. <laughs> they were great to watch. <laughs> I, here's my problem. Um, I think of all the racetracks that we go to on our schedule, and I've not seen the Chicago street course yet, but turn one at Indianapolis road course and turn one at Coda are a complete disaster when you have so much on the line and so little laps left. And guys are going to do exactly what they did yesterday, which is go for the gusto and knock the hell out of each other and knock them out of the way. And you're going to have debris falling off cars. You're going to have guys spinning out. You're going to have cars torn up. And I don't know that there's a way to fix it because those two corners create five and six wide racing, which to TJ's point, it's entertaining. It's fun to watch. It is, but it's not. But it, it is, but it's not. Three overtimes, come on, man. Like, it took an there's hour. No, there's it no felt repercussions. Like, like what these guys are saying is pretty much true about the respect thing. Like, it all comes down to the respect thing. When you're 
when you're 20, 19th in line back there, you've had a really bad day. You pretty much don't care if you run into somebody and hurt their day at that point because you've had such a bad day. And that's the attitude these guys have. They're, you but watch, don't you agree those two corners make it easier to go from 19th to try to get to 8th? Yeah, but everyone has two pedals in those cars. Yeah, I and, agree with and you. And a steering wheel. And so we got into a wreck in the Xfinity race because we got six wide. We went to the corner. <laughs> we went into the corner three wide. There's your first problem. Well, so I talked to the other guy. One guy tried to fit between Josh and AJ, and there wasn't even a car length there. Well, I'm like, why, why, is, why is your, you know – what was his thought process there? And I was like, where is he supposed to go? And I'm like, well, you lift. You don't have to go into that hole. If there's a car there and there's not enough room, you don't have to drive into that spot. And that's what, when they get to turn one, that's what these guys are thinking. Like we had a guy inside the, the pit road exit crossing the line, forcing a wreck at Indy. I don't know how that's not a penalty. Cause when you do that, you know, you're going to cause a wreck. Cause we have to call that is guy. Is this inside. the Joy Logano thing? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. and there, yeah. I think there was another one too, though. But when you was go, there? when the guy goes down there, I, I mean, I, I remember what you're talking about, but I can't remember who. When it was. a car goes inside that line, we're going to call them there. Well, if you're you already got two cars on your left, what's going to happen? Somebody's getting wrecked. All and the guy on the inside pretty much knows it, and that's what they they just don't care. And guys get cars tore up, people lose good finishes. Like there's no there's no respect. I, of, I just don't know though with those configurations. Once you get that late race caution, which obviously came yesterday for dirt yeah. on the track, right? No, that was for us. There was for six. Was, yeah, oh, we, TJ's fault again. Yeah, <laughs> we we actually broke and like we'd actually did break and I was trying to get Brad off the track and <laughs> he was probably ready to get off the track. At that point. He tried. Probably was, yeah, I, I, but, so. but with those configurations, like I don't know how you fix the it's, problem. It's a simple fix, and it's not going to be very popular. What is it? No green white checkers. Get rid of them. I hate them. I, you know, like, for one, you're changing the distance of the race. Two, this is what we get. You and it's like we used to. Well, it used to be worse because you used to have limited. You know, they'd be three. So now, if you knew there was a third one, pff, all bets are off. If you, if Kyle Busch knew that that last restart yesterday was the last restart, you know, if that's the third attempt, and listen, I'm good. Like, I, I don't. I know there's. If the caution comes out, this race is over. He's just going to go in that corner and clean Tyler Reddick out. Come off of one with the lead, yellows out potentially. Either he has the lead or the yellows out and he's won the now, race. Now, are you saying get rid of green white checkered for everything or yeah. just for I'm okay races? with I'm okay with getting ready for everything. Like I know I know that's not popular, but you look at how much <laughs> we tear up every time we do green white checkers. Millions of dollars worth of equipment gets torn up. You know, the the guy that dominates the race half the time doesn't win because a lot of people see I can't beat this guy heads up so this is my only chance on a green white checker is to run through the back of him or or run him up the racetrack or you know do something different to, to, that they have to get a chance because they can't beat him heads up. Tyler um, Reddick is really lucky yesterday that he very, got through. That's what I'm saying. Very, like very, the guy dominates bad for him the guy dominates the race and then dominated through you know he blew the corner a couple times on a couple restarts and and came out with the lead or chased Byron <clears> back down and took the lead back but. Like it could have very easily just one guy getting in there to too hot, the or somebody. Though. You know, the one time I think it was the '99 kind of got shoved into Kyle, and Kyle hit Tyler and launched him up the racetrack. Like just one little chain reaction thing, and, and your whole day is shot because we're doing four green white checkers. Like, listen, like Kyle Busch would be a Daytona 500 champion right now if we got rid of green white checkers. You know, like just it, the race is the race. If the yellow comes out, it's over. Like, like we did it for how long? Like, I'm I'm kind of a traditionalist. Let's just. Get rid of this because all we do is tear race cars up, and and it, it seems pretty pointless. I don't think I, and I hope people can prove me wrong. I don't remember Kyle Busch ever wrecking somebody in the Cup Series to win a race. Has <laughs> he? I mean, damn, you don't forget about Richmond already? Didn't you win it with Clint because of it? 
Did I win Richmond because him? I didn't win. I've never won Richmond. I don't think. Who was spawning for? Clinton? Oh, he ran. He wrecked Dale. Oh, didn't he wreck Dale? Yes. Well, yeah. I won for the lead. Was it? <clears throat> yeah, I think. It yeah, was. it was for the lead. Was it? Yes. Oh, yeah. that's when I get. That's when I didn't like each other. I, I guess. Yeah. Uh, well, that was a long time ago. I can't ago. believe you forgot that. That was like 2002 or so. What did you guys think <laughs> of like the... 09, was 08, it? 09, yeah. What did you guys think of the caution I don't think, I think that's the week I got Debris. fired. I didn't watch that race. Debris. Debris. <laughs> um, so the track they, was they were, really they, dirty. They were, there was on the racetrack. You it was all caution. You know, like uh, there, there was one time there was a whole tire carcass. The one time yep. the three car, I seen him sitting up there. There was stuff laying all around his car. I got you a know, video of it because I was out of the race. <laughs> there's, there, you know, there was debris. There's nothing you can do about it when there's debris. Like, I don't think any of the cautions were unwarranted. It's just, you know, it's just ridiculous that that's what, I mean, and you're going to, like, we, we probably could have had one at the end again, right? I think it was the 20 was nursing yeah. back around with a bunch yeah. of damage. Like, yeah. there's, I'm sure they probably something fell off of that they thing did, somewhere. Yeah. I feel like we got to do something about turn nine, though, because that's the turn they all run through the dirt on the right, and it throws us to the left. Yeah. And then after about 12 laps, 10, 12 laps, it's so dirty offline there. Somebody, you miss it a little bit, like Denny, Denny did, the 20, the 20 did. I saw the 21, There's a I think bunch of them that, that slide through it, and it was, I could see it. Through the binoculars, way up on the hill there. That's how dirty it was. We work a lot of races. We wear headsets. We don't always realize how loud these cars are. Let me tell you something. On the front stretch, where they come through that little tunnel, little tunnel. thingy, my Lord, is loud. <laughs> it is ear-piercing when they come by you. I'll tell you what else they are. Stretch mufflers. It's hot, apparently. Did you see that I, I interview did. with Jensen Button talking yeah. about he wanted to quit because the car was so hot? Yes. And I saw somebody else. I can't remember. I think it was Byron did an interview where, you know, he said that that was one of the harder races he's had to run because of heat and, and CO in the cars. And guess what? It wasn't that hot. It wasn't that hot. I out. mean, it was uh, 85. Yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't 100 like it'll be in Chicago. Oh, uh, yeah. that's pretty hot. You know how hot it's going to be in Chicago on July 4th? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pretty hot. Yeah. One of the hottest days of my life was at Chicago Land Speedway. Shh. That one day. Maybe I w- it'll rain. That's our only hope. <laughs> Let's hope not. <laughs> Um, but no, I, I thought that was interesting. Some of his comments too were really interesting about like, you know, just the different forms of race. And listen, you could see it with them guys early in the race. Like we were behind Jordan, who Jordan did a phenomenal job all weekend. Um, but he qualified up there in top ten somewhere, and then we got behind him on the first restart through the oh. S's, and they're just getting eaten up because yeah. they're just not used to like just everybody gouging for every inch was that jordan jordan that was jordan yeah, I, looked at, I saw him like start fourth and then we got that first yell and i looked up oh how's he running what 10th like yeah what, what he got happened here yeah he got shuffled pretty you know and it, it's just a product of like they the guys on our side just race for every inch well that's what button said in his interview like i'm going through this corner and think i'm doing a good job and all of a sudden somebody's on my outside it's like how'd he get out there yeah he said <laughs> well, like that's because he's better than you yeah, that's well, how i got out he there. said like nobody would normally take that opportunity you know like in his yeah. sport like they don't they just don't feel holes like that so he, I, I thought that was pretty interesting to hear his comments about how aggressive. And then I was laughing about what do you, I, you tweeted it this morning, but something, like, say everybody got whacked. Yeah, it's like right. he whacked me. He whacked, I whacked him back. Whack him. <laughs> I'll whack him back. Kimmy, Kimmy, whack me. I whack him back. <laughs> I, I mean, those. I was thinking I of that whack a ball game uh, we used to play. We used to whack him. the hell out yeah. of you. I thought those guys did a good job, though. I mean, so here's the thing. AJ Amadinger came into the Nutrinac Solution Suite yesterday, and you would appreciate this. And obviously, he won the race the day before. And they asked him about these guys coming in and running this race. And he said, if this were the Xfinity race, they would get into these Xfinity Series cars and they would struggle because they don't have as much grip. 
and it's a lot harder to do the H pattern shifting 40 times a lap than it is with the cup cars. So the the background that these guys have in their other series and the fact that these cars kind of drive more like, I guess, a Trans Am car, they're able to adapt really quickly and get in and do what they did yesterday. But I thought it was cool that, that AJ, who obviously is a very accomplished road racer, arguably one of the best road racers in the country right now, said that if they got in the, the Xfinity Series cars, they wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah. They'd and get I, their tails kicked. And I think, you know, Jordan was probably obviously the class of that field, you know, between them. And a lot of people, I don't know if they didn't realize or don't, you know, they might forget that he's been testing that Garage 56 pod project at Coda for the last, you know, couple months or whatever it's been. So he had a little bit of an advantage on some of the other guys. Like, and Button hadn't raced in like three years, I think he said. But I Kimmy he, was up there. Yeah, Kimmy was up there. And Kimmy was fast at, uh, Watkins Glen last yeah, he year. Ran really good. He was he was in the top 10, 12. One, one thing you can't say is those track house cars aren't fast because yeah. Ross and, and Daniel were in the yeah, top five fast. pretty Ross much had all an day. amazing recovery because I took a video with one of them restarts and he was crashing. Ross at lap 61 was backwards in turn one. I know. I, waited, I videoed it. Waited and drew a caution, yeah. which is probably should be addressed. Um, and then was P4 at lap whatever it was, 74. You 75. do have like a two minutes to sit there and make them throw it and then take yeah. off. <clears> I mean, you can sit so. there forever. And, yeah. and not have to and not lose anything, you know, and that's what he did. He sat there forever. They threw the caution finally, and then he burp, fired up and drove away. Yeah. And then ten laps later, he's got a top five out of it. So I mean, actually, he did a little bit better job than that. he waited until the he waited safety, the safety shot got, he got there because he knew he could. Yeah. And um, yeah, that was interesting. But do you think that should not be allowed, or do you think that's it an advantage never people be allowed. get? It should never. It's if you intentionally draw a caution, there should be a one lap penalty. Then you're not eligible for lucky dog. In my opinion, that should be the standard rule. It's pretty standard at short tracks everywhere. If you if you get a flat tire, a lot of times you'll see guys stop by the wall at a short track because he's got a flat tire and draw a caution because they they're they're better off one lap down because if they go to the infield or something with a flat or you could, some of these yeah. pit, you're gonna lose multiple laps. But I think anywhere you draw a caution out, intentionally draw a caution, it should be a one lap penalty and you're not eligible for lucky dogs. What what do you think of the discussions? I guess Bubba or. Bowman and Daniel had and Daniel and Ross had. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Warranted or not? No, it's not warranted. I mean, that nine, the 99 drives through a lot of stuff, <laughs> a lot. So, and I've been on the receiving end of that numerous times and it's just racing, man. I mean, he's been on the, he's been on the giving end a lot. Sometimes you receive it. So, I, man, he almost made a huge error. Mm, um, yep. A yeah. massive, massive, massive error. A little error. bit harder in a sideways when, car. So when he caught, and I'm just going to point it out, when he caught Bowman after the race and he hit him, there's an official standing right there on the left, less than 10 feet from them. And we burnt Ty Gibbs to the ground last year on this show for doing something very similar. There is a human standing there. And if you hit him a little bit harder to TJ's point and he loses control of his car and he spins out, that human is at risk of death. So, you know, you, you played him games, you do whatever you want to do on a racetrack, all things are created equal. When you decide to come onto the pit road entry, there are humans out there. And when I saw that replay, I absolutely cringed because I was like, holy cow, this could have gone bad. And in the moment, I get it. Daniel Suarez is mad. He's upset, but you have got to have people talking to you, and you've got to have enough mental fortitude about you to not do that. 
Yeah, this is this is just you know what an idiot personified. Like you can't do this, you know. And not only that, he he runs into Ross coming to pit road. About try, shoves tr- him, tr- shoves Ross out into the into the yeah. you know and that runoff area with there. Yeah, and then and then he hits Bowman hard enough to get Bowman out of shape once. And then as they that the officials probably I don't know twenty feet in front of Bowman's car at that point. Then they get to the official again and he hits him again. And then Bowman I think hits the brakes to like you know brake check him, but. Like, why are we using the cars? I mean, go park your car and get out and go yeah, talk to somebody. Exactly why are we right. using the cars? And, if and like to Brett's point, if you're going to do it, do it on the track. Like, there's nobody around on the racetrack. Don't do it. I don't think you should do it anyway because half the time these guys start on buckling. You know, they're trying to you know yeah. drop the window nets. The race get is some over. Air, get I some mean. air. You know, um, but last year Ty Gibbs, we talked about it. Texas, I think it was. He swerved at somebody while there was a pick stop going on. Uh, seventy five thousand and twenty five points, and if this yeah. is not at least that, then NASCAR's really dropped the ball. There's here. a tweet from Dustin Long saying that the action could result in a loss of twenty five to fifty driver and or team owner points, and or fifty thousand to a hundred thousand dollar fine. Daniel Suarez, for the first time in his Cup Series career, is on a path to be successful. Uh, when you look at what he did with Joe Gibbs Racing, and look, man, that era sponsorship was massive money, big money, and you're in some of the best cars in the in the garage, you struggle. And then you leave there, you go to Stuart Haas, where every car the year before was winning races, and you struggle. And then you obviously get in a, in a situation where you're not competitive. He rebounds. He is in an awesome situation right now. From, from a marketing perspective, from a competition perspective. Obviously, he's an international driver perspective. A lot of good things. A lot of good things are going your way, man. Just don't lose sight of that because, I mean, dude, track house cars are fast. He was, Ross Chastain is leading the points championship, right? He was going to be, yes. I mean, it's crazy. Don't he, screw it up. He was going to be in position to win the race yesterday because uh, the 45 – I was on their radio. I know for a fact what their position they were in. The 24 and the 1, I think, were all in similar positions. They were short on fuel. That The last you know yellow come out, and it was right out of the window, so they were about a lap short on fuel. So they were having to save, and I don't know if they just said the hell with it or if they were good on fuel, but the fastest car at that point was the 99. He had just drove him by Ross. He had just drove by Byron drove and was going to run Tyler away. down because Tyler, <laughs> and Tyler was saving. Tyler didn't have a choice. He was going to catch him. Um and then the yellow came out, so everybody came to pit road. But yeah. like he, I think he was going to be in the he, best. One if of their cars it, was in the best spot. Fuel to, if he had fuel to make it, he was going to win the race. So, uh, but yeah, they. they I, I'll tell you this about track house. Ty Norris is not afraid to sit you down and have a very difficult conversation with you. Some companies will let stuff go. Tying like that, man. If he sees where he can make those guys better, he's going to sit them down. He's going to talk about it. Obviously, Justin Marks can be involved in that too, but. They, they need to rein him in a little bit. I mean, we talked to Ty last year somewhere about Ross yeah. when, when Ross was on that tear of really not giving a f- yeah. how he raced people. And now, it, obviously, he they, they talk to Ross. You can see Ross is a lot better. Does he still make mistakes? Yeah, they all do. But I think Daniel, in this situation, uh, man, I'm, I'm not a fan of what happened right there. Speaking of Ross, did you see the Kyle Busch interview? No. <laughs> they did an interview with Kyle Busch after the race, and he's standing there just talking, you know, and he was the one last week that brought up the lack of respect, and it was exemplified this weekend. Um, and he's standing there talking and talking, and I forget exactly what he's talking about, just how his race went and, you know, how their race at the end. And then they're talking about, you know, guys not racing each other clean. And at the same time, Ross walks up next to him to do an interview of his own, and Tyler goes, and speaking of not racing anybody clean, look over here. <laughs> 
That's what counted. Something. I can't remember yeah. the exact quote. Andrew had sent it to me, I think. That's pretty funny. But, uh, that's the exact quote. There I was think. Actually, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, I was just laughing. And then he just, like, he just said that and then continued on with whatever he was talking about before that interview. <laughs> race fans, here is an announcement we are very excited about. Beginning this race season, RacingUSA.com has become the headquarters for officially licensed Door Bumper Clear merchandise. In addition to Door Bumper Clear hats, t-shirts, and novelties, we announced on last week's show, TJ, Freddie, and myself, we've agreed to autograph 164 scale Door Bumper Clear diecast cars for our fans. If you shop at RacingUSA.com, you can pre-order one of these diecasts for your favorite spotter or a pre-order set with all three spotters and save $10 and get free shipping. A maximum of 720 <laughs> sets of three autographed diecasts are being produced. With more than 100,000 listeners, if you want to be sure to get one of the autographed sets, you need to pre-order yours now for a May delivery. <laughs> the autographed diecast cars are a RacingUSA.com exclusive, and the quickest way to find them is to click on the Door Bumper Clear banner on RacingUSA.com's homepage. Plus, Racing USA's items are already discounted, so you don't ever need a coupon to get the best price. Out of the three of us, which one of y'all, which one of us sells the most diecast right that's here? That's a stupid it's question. Easy. Man, TJ? Hey, no, it's going to be Brett. Why me? Because they're going to want to bash <laughs> out of them. <laughs> <laughs> look at this. Look at this oh, it's going to be half your fans. Yeah. Half your fans want to get them because they love you. Yeah. And then there's another half of the world that's going to want them the so they can like, like, set them got, on fire. Yeah, you got to let them off. So. <laughs> yeah. This is well. the race version. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it looks like when I spot for guys, so that, that'll this, go well. Here's the Chandler Smith race version. <laughs> 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 fix this thing. Well... Y'all go get your uh, autographed diecast, I guess, and take care of it. Don't, don't smash my name, please. Well, I think we have plenty more topics to discuss, so let's head into Spot On, Spot Off. Spot On, Spot Off. Spot Off. Spot On. Uh, yeah, Spot On. It was super fun yesterday to ride around there. And I am Spot Off. Damn. Where did he come from? Freddie, since you are on top of your game today, spot on, spot off. I'm out of notes, by the way, so this is it. I'm done. <laughs> Thankfully, we are at the final topic because I don't already? Golden know gooses. that we can handle it much more. I thought it was a good race. I don't think a lot of people agreed with you. This is what I, I told you we should see a spot on, spot off. I absolutely told you we should <laughs> skip it. Straight to DBC picks. We should just go and <laughs> Let's start one idiot right now. Yeah, let's just, I mean, what an idiot could probably be a 30-minute segment right now. First topic, NASCAR does not throw the caution flag for stage breaks at Coda, making this the first race since Homestead of 2016 to have no predetermined caution flags. Wow. Freddie. We've gone six years with stage racing? It doesn't seem six that long, does it? Years. Holy cow. Um, listen, it was it was a home run for me. Um, I think you saw the race play out. It wasn't a home run for you. You didn't well, finish. Yes, I did. <laughs> I just was on a different car when I finished. <laughs> uh, but no, like I think that that's exactly what you want out of yesterday's race. You know, I, I had tweeted something during the Xfinity race or the truck race about, you know, here are the pros and cons of this. And the pro is the races are shorter. You know, there, there's no drawn-out cautions. I think you're looking at probably – that race yesterday is 30 minutes longer if we have two stage breaks that you're going to ride around for a couple laps and, and open pit road, close, you know, do the pit cycle and stuff. So, you know, the downside of it is the race can get strung out, which the race tends to get strung out anyway. You know, we, you know, we saw after cautions, uh, AJ and them checked out the other day. Um, you know, the, uh, Tyler and Byron were kind of checking out yesterday. So uh, road course racing gets strung out anyway. But, you know, I just think the, the – 
yesterday you saw different strategies playing out and to to our pre-race meetings every week are kind of strategy meetings of how and they have data which you know they have a a base lap time for every lap and factors in your tire fall off and every week they'll tell us it's faster it's seven seconds to faster to pit twice in this stage versus pit once or whatever it is you know then we get there and it's always completely opposite well yeah (laughs) sometimes so then yesterday but yesterday they said like the you, and road course racing, but without yellows, before was always run backwards. Like you would, if you could, however long you had to pit to get to your windows, then you just pit. No matter where you were running, if it was lap 15, lap 30, and then you get to the end, you're good. Um, so yesterday they said like it was almost virtually the same to pit twice versus pitting three times. Like lap time fall off was about the same where it, you were going to meet at the start finish line essentially at the end if everything held up. And Tyler was on that strategy and Byron looked like he was on a two stop strategy. And I think it was if it played out, it would have been really fun to watch. But that's what you get when you have these, you know, you don't have, you know, these drawn out cautions or predetermined cautions of you know the strategy is then all right do we want stage points or not we're going to either pit two laps before the stage or we're going to stay out and get stage points and then we'll re-rack later so i like to see it play out more organically again kind of an old tradition i was but. a little surprised there wasn't more fall off than what there was yeah. I, I really would like one of the best things about sonoma is the the big fall off and we always say we always like it when there's a lot of fall off and yeah anywhere and, and guys take the risk of staying out there and then you got you know the top six or so stay out then you got tires and you got a couple two tires from you know eighth and nine or something like that but it's just always good to have a mix but i really i would have liked to seen a little bit more fall off i mean that guy that goes for every racetrack we go to i'm i'm one million percent spot on for whoever made this decision do we know who made this decision i don't know we did i think (laughs) Uh, well, <laughs> well, since we have so much influence, let's lay this out there. Don't stop the damn race at Talladega. Don't stop either. It. Don't stop because it. to your point, that's exactly what we do. We take when we know those stage breaks are happening, and we do our strategy against it, and it makes the races less entertaining. I was a big fan of, of watching Byron and Reddick, and at one point, AJ was up there like they're racing. They're crossing each over mm-hmm. other. They're side by side. But I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm so entertained, and I'm like, man, where are we right now? Because I think the Daytona 500 was boring, and I think this race was freaking awesome. And then we go to Martinsville, and it's like, damn, it's boring. And then we go to, to freaking the Roval, and the Roval's awesome. Like, where are we at as a sport to where our best product is a road course race? Yeah, I mean, but but with that said, if that's the case, not having stage breaks makes it even better. So when you look at the races that are left, we got well four or five more road courses, three more plate races. They need to come in here to these plate races and do the same thing. I know we don't have plates anymore, but Daytona Talladega. I mean, I'm everywhere. Get rid of them everywhere. You can pay the points and not stop yeah, the race. Yeah. But what I do like about it, Freddie, is when when we stop the race. Then we don't run as high of a risk as missing something on the track when TV goes to commercial. But and Clint told me after Daytona that if all hell broke loose, whatever commercial, they couldn't come back. They had to finish their commercial run. Well, then at Atlanta, they came back. They broke for a commercial and they immediately came back with something happened. So obviously he didn't have his <laughs> together. Surprise. Um, <laughs> but like for me. Um, I literally would love to see us do away with the stopping the races, but I also get why we do it at some places. Yeah. I mean, it, it was such an afterthought yesterday. There were some guys that messed some stuff up with that, but, you know, it's it just like it's like I said, it's 30 minutes shorter and it's 
like it just I don't know. It's just they did have war. a lot more time for post race coverage. Yeah, too, and which then I like I mean, you look at the race about. on Saturday. The Xfinity race was like I think last year was like two and a half hours, and this race was like an hour forty five, hour fifty maybe. Yeah. Um. You know, it, I don't know, and that, like I don't know if that's great for the person that's there because I've seen some people tweet at me that you know if I'm at the track I want to get my money's worth and I guess they want. Why to am see, I making you leave? I mean, like, well, you, do you really want to see cars roll around for half hour under caution? There's this thing like, at Mass Pro Shops called worth. tents, and you can actually get a tent and just stay there. You don't <laughs> so have to leave. You go to these races to watch these guys who are incredibly really really good at what they do. These road course guys. We've talked about it before. A handful of years ago, you could bring a ringer in, and that guy was going to run top five. You bring a ringer in nowadays, that guy's not running top 15. You know, it's hard. Like, these guys are – I don't think we give them enough credit for how good the top 25 guys are in our series. And they how are, hard they work at being good. And how hard they work at being good because they are incredibly good. And that's what you go to see is these guys be that good lap after lap. I don't I – don't, I don't consider a guy really good because we had a, a, a stage break and then a restart, and the guy went in there and knocked a couple guys out of the way and got whacked him. Yeah, I want to see like if if you're running fourth and you earned it, you sh- that's what that's what I want to see. I want to see a guy, you know, work his way up there and 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 make progress. And and I don't know, I don't necessarily think that you need yellows to. That's not really showing his talent. I, I think the other thing that brings into play a lot more so. You know, we used to have this all the time, I feel like, and I don't remember many of them in recent history, fuel mileage races. You know, that race was going to come down to a fuel mileage race yesterday if they don't have that caution with when you stop, you know, when you had stuck there. Um, you know, I, I remember, like, it would be every other week it felt like a race was going to play out to be fuel mileage, and I don't remember ever now, like, maybe Pocono or something comes down to fuel mileage. I'm fine but, with fuel mileage races, Yeah, too. like, I mean, I mean it's part strategy. Of the game. That's part of the game, you know, and, uh, you know, I don't know. It's just... I, I, I thought it was a home run at road courses for sure. Definitely, I would love to see him get rid of him at plate races. You got to give a shout-out to Ford right here because Ford changed the game. Um, Jack Roush had the best fuel mileage. Robert Yates had the best horsepower. What did they do? Ford stepped in and went, why are we competing with each other? Well, let's marry these two things together. Yeah. And then Roush took off because then you had their fuel mileage – with freaking Yates' horsepower, <laughs> guess what Mark Martin did? He went out and wore you out. I want to – I mean, I, I think it's – I'd like to see them – the cars be harder to drive with these guys because they don't show you even how much better they really even are. You know, cut the tires in half, give them 200 more horsepower. Then I want to see them drive it. And, and I mean, it, I think would get a heck of a show. Moving on, NASCAR penalizes several drivers throughout the race after violating track limit rules set by the series. Spot on, spot off, TJ. Uh, I mean, they were they were on it all weekend. If you messed with it. I mean, lap two, they had three guys. Even in practice. In practice, they gave out some warnings, and they were strict. I mean, it was, it was constant, man. And I liked how you got warnings in practice because you can kind of test the waters a little bit. And then in the race, I mean, every single race, if you cut it, I saw some people get forced over and didn't gain anything, and that wasn't a penalty. I mean, if somebody just drove you over there, it wasn't like you couldn't get a penalty. It was, seems like they were lenient with that. But if you drove over there and gained time, oh, you know, you were you were getting popped for it. I thought they were consistent all weekend. That's all you can ask for is consistent. And there was no warnings in the race. There was no, exactly. like, yeah. there it was, was awesome. no, like, I think they probably, I wasn't at the driver's meeting, but I'm probably sure that Elton or whoever talks in that driver's meeting said, hey, guys, just so you know, this is your warning. Like, don't do this in the race. You know, we, we got a couple of you in practice, got a couple guys in qualifying. The, the Xfinity truck races, they were nailing guys left and right. 
And then, like, I think it was lap three. It was like the seven, the 11, and somebody else, maybe 34, somebody, like, right off the bat. And I was like, yeah. I was like, Bubba, they're not playing around. So make sure you, you but know, we you're knew on that. Your track limits. Yeah. We knew that from the first two races that they were. They weren't going to mess with it. If you did it, you were done. Like Ty Gibbs probably got that I was penalty. Say, Ty Gibbs got it. Over Ty Gibbs over got that penalty over. probably six times this weekend. Yeah, because he got it in practice. He got it in the race in the Xfinity practice. He got it in the race Cup race. Like he, he's not a fan of that penalty. I guarantee you. I'm spot on for the consistency of it. I'm just spot off for the fact that you can really get out of bounds. Like I, I to, it's I mean, easy to, to do. TJ has said this on the show a lot of times about running through the grass and tearing your car up and and. People being like, oh, man, you know, I think Dell Jr. is pro, make everything pavement or concrete down there where you don't tear your car up. If you screw up, there should be a penalty. This is racing. This isn't football. If you step out of bounds, a referee stops the game, and you re-rack them, right? In, in this particular form of motorsports for me, and, and look, I don't know that we want turtles out there where they're jumping them like they did at Indy that year. But for me, if you get out of bounds in a race car, there, there should be a penalty. And it Look should, at the Glenn. It, it, it the shouldn't be a penalty from the tower. It should be a penalty from you screwed up. You aren't going to be able to do this and go faster through this section. And and for me, not having parameters around that area of the track and allowing them guys to be able to, quote, shortcut it, shouldn't even be a thing. Uh, I, I disagree with you on that just because of the fact of what we had at Indy. You put stuff out there like that, and you end up destroying race cars. You end up ruining other people's day. Now you're going to ruin five guys' day because – because Ty Gibbs made a mistake. Like, I think you, I think it's hard to do, especially in that section, because they're all so tight. You know, I think that the, 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 the way to do it is the best way is, I mean, and the problem is, but you can go back. I guarantee you can go back, and if you watch every car go through there, every lap, you're going to find instances where, where they didn't where call it. They didn't call it. Yep. And that's where it's hard. So it's a, it's a double-edged sword, but I think if you start putting, you know, a turtle or a wall or something to confine them there, one guy's mistake is going to ruin the day for multiple guys, and I don't think that's fair. I mean, how is that any different than Monaco? They go into one of them corners and, you know, second place Rex. I'm you not saying, I mean? like, I'm not saying it can't happen, but like, I just feel like it doesn't need, it's not a necessity, I don't think. I don't know if we need a wall right there, but, or something that, that tears the car. But there said. should be, yeah, <laughs> but, but there should be like, let's put a, a pond. <laughs> if you, if you run off the track, you just fall in the pond. That way you can't mess up anybody else. The bus stop at the Glen used to be one of the most entertaining corners of that place. Because, a million times, yes. Because there was one guy that would go in there, and his car would be four feet in the air, and I think you already know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Super fast, but it was exciting. Now every now that there's no curb there, they just cut the track. They it's, do. It's, yeah, they cut it to the right and just make straight. Yeah, and then they made straight. the curb on the left so big as well. There's really no, like, it's easy. Yeah. It's too easy for them to go through there. Like, I don't know. I there's got to be a way. It's to, too easy and it's too fast. Both, yeah. yeah. Yes. I think. 100%. I think. I think. I think. I'm all for you know making it so you can't go fast. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but the, I don't think we need that thing we had at Indy. Like, where you know, I forget who it was. Like, jumped it and like went all well, uh, McDowell went it. and yeah, somebody. I think William or McDowell William probably it, yeah. too. Like, they end up jumping the thing, and you know, that's I, I don't think we need that. But if you want to make the curbs a little taller, so like. It's not an advantage to go through there, you know, like because that's all yeah. it is. It's so flat that they just drive over it. It doesn't slow them down at all. What about what if it's grass? Grass. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I you know, make it like they, the wet grass. Yeah, dirt. Like <laughs> then you run into the same problem. You run into turn nine where you're throwing dirt on the racetrack and probably making the mess over there. <laughs> I like it. I don't Just, know. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Like a flat strip, you know, a spike strip. So, yeah, <laughs> something, man. Tax. Tax. Something. Yeah, like you leave the rental car places. <laughs> we have that <laughs> thing to drive over, and you. I tell you what, you won't do that but one time. Yeah. I've always wanted to do that, by the way. 
just, just go hauling ass over that spike strips. Just see yeah. what happens. I get nervous going over it, like the you know, like like you're, the way you're supposed to go out. Like I'm yeah. like, are you sure this thing is not? Gonna I always out? stop right before. <laughs> well, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but after the race, Ryan Priest tweeted, "What a bunch of hacks," and went on to say, "It comes down to a lack of respect. They run into everyone and ruin days. Someone needs an ass kicking." For sure. And that's a quote from Front Stretch. Spot on, spot off, Brett. I mean, don't talk about an ass kicking if you ain't going to offer one up. Yeah, I mean, you could have went over there and kicked somebody's ass. I mean, there's air and opportunity between you and everybody out there. <laughs> Take advantage of it. If you're going to I mean, if you're gonna threaten to throw hands, go throw some hands. If I was him, I'd leave my helmet on, though, just in case that other guy's tougher than you are. Uh, look, man, this is product, and, and we've talked about this on this show with, with multiple guests on the show, guys like Jeff Burton, Jamie McMurray. This is a product of what is on the line. It, it's the stage points. It's the finishing position. It's the opportunity to make the playoff, the opportunity to make the all-star race. And when you have these late race cautions – at these tracks where there are places like Turn 1 exist or a place like Martinsville or a place like Bristol where you've got an opportunity to lay a bumper to a guy and change your season, right, completely. I said last week or whatever week it was that Kislowski lost that race to Logano when he led him to his right rear. It changes your season. Um, so if you've got an opportunity to go win at all costs, we talk about it on the show, win at all costs. Well, what's that mean? It means you might have to knock somebody the hell out of the way. And that's what we're seeing. Yeah, and Ryan Priest better get used to it because I'm gonna tell you what, it ain't gonna get any easier for yeah. him. I don't think that's what Ryan Priest means though. I think, I think Ryan running second at Martin's on the white flag lap and he's on the guy's bumper. I definitely think Ryan probably bumps the guy a little bit and races him to the line. Now I think what Ryan's talking about here is the end of the race. You're like I said earlier, you're running 19th, had a bad day. You're just going in there looking to hit somebody, and I think that's what he means. He's you're going in there, a guy's running eighth or ninth, hasn't hit anything all day, just trying to get to the finish line. Here comes the guy from four lanes back, just T-bones you for no reason. Like that, I'm, I'm going to say it again. Get used to it. I don't the, think the, that's the – When we get to the Indianapolis road course and there's a caution with three to go, what's going to happen going to turn she one? She show. Oh, I'm going to take the <laughs> – The cut to the Ross yeah. lane. Yeah. Um, you ain't going to change it. Like here's the thing with Ryan, and, and this is just – his background is working on your own race cars, getting everything prepared yourself – so he feels like he has more respect for the equipment than some of the guys that get handed rides or buy rides. Or, or He's not know. wrong. He's not wrong. I'm not no. saying he's wrong. But, like, at the same time, at the end of the race, let me ask you this, Brett. Where did you not want to be on them restarts? I wouldn't want to be. Well, just lane-wise. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be on the inside. Not anywhere. You wouldn't want to be on the inside? <laughs> I wouldn't want to be on the inside at turn one top of Coda. Not if I'm, like. Where you, TJ's you, talking about did 15. Did you watch the last couple of restarts? Well, I mean, I'm saying like if <laughs> when you restart, you're going to have to block the inside. Yeah. When you don't block it, they're still going to hit you. They're still going to come at you. And when they hit you on the bottom, where do you go? They're going to They're going to wash you up to the top. Yeah. And and that's, but but it, there, ain't, there ain't nowhere good to be from sixth on back. So Ryan got kind of – he chose the top on the first green white checker, got kind of shuffled. So then he chose the top again on the second green white checker and got kind of shuffled. And then he – Chose the top again on the third green white checker, and like the the reason he got wrecked was because he chose you know he chose the top and they they, they all start bouncing off each other and you got to run wide. Well, mm -hmm. eventually you run wide. You've got to come back because there's grass and gravel over there. Yeah, yeah. And he got turned because 
he was having to come back on the racetrack. And there's a guy there, the guy that turned him, I don't even know who it was. It was somebody with a nose inside of him, but they, they never turned into him. They went straight, but Ryan had to come back. And it's just, I, you know, them last restarts, like you don't want to be out there. I don't think because you're, you're, you know, you're at the mercy of everybody on the left. Like the, the bottom opens up. There's a reason why Kyle Busch kept choosing the bottom behind Tyler, Yeah, you know, because that bottom it's, it stacks up a little bit on entry, but you get off of there a lot better while everybody else is out here just, you know, in the beginning of the race, everybody goes in that first corner and says, all right, let's just get through this corner. There's nobody's really running with each other. Maybe just a little bit. Somebody rolls around the outside, gains a couple spots at the end of the race. Greenwood checker, everyone goes in there way deeper, harder, hits each other, and that lane is no longer useful. Yeah, it's just you can't be out there. It's I, as simple as that. And then you like the fact that you continue to choose out there, kind of like, damn, what were you doing? Like, <laughs> you know, they're going to do that to you. Yeah. So, I mean, anywhere. And listen, we're, it, we we talk these, these these turns like that turn at Coda and that turn at Indy. They're not made for our cars. They're not made for a NASCAR race. You know, where is that guy going? <laughs> I know Top 10, but where is he going? Um, Five and six wide. That is six wide right there. He's, we're looking at a 38 car cramming himself into a hole that ain't there. And But he finished 10th. Yeah. Top 10. Top 10 That's for rewarded. Todd Gill. Uh, so to your point, why wouldn't you do it? Yeah. I that mean, wasn't Todd. That was Joe Graff. Oh, oh, that was oh, the, that the day before. Race. Yeah. I'm surprised that didn't work. Um <laughs> But yeah, so you know, and we're gonna like we talked about them race them corners. That that that's made for a Formula One race. That that whole track is Formula yeah. One purpose. But those guys, they have there's there's also they they don't have fenders. They don't have fenders, <laughs> but they also don't. There's also well, there's also the, twenty of them. Like there's, and they <laughs> and the the sanctioning body will come down and say, look, you drove in there. You there's caused, penalties. You yeah. caused this. Yeah. You caused this huge wreck. You know better than to do that. So there's penalties. So do we want... I want y'all to answer no, this. No, no, no. We don't have many penalties. Do you want NASCAR having to intervene and, and drop penalties for no. restarts? For this, that, is, no. this isn't going to change. This is asking for something that just simply isn't going to happen. It's just... Yeah. These, these, it just we just talked about it. It's going to happen again. It's when we go to Indy, again. we have late race restarts in Indy, it's going to be the same thing. We're going to be 18 thing. wide. The guys on the top are going to get shoved out in the grass. Somebody's <laughs> going to blow through they're the... They're going to shortcut it. So, yeah, like... Like, I'm going to tell you where else it's going to happen if we have a late race restart. Turn one at Chicago. It's going to be the same thing. Oh it's a left-hand 90-degree corner. The whole track's going to be blocked. It's no different than turn one at Indy. I'll it's be watching from Myrtle Beach. Y'all have fun. <sighs> Freddie, this next one is for you. A frustrated Bubba Wallace says, two weeks in a row making rookie mistakes. Six years in the cup. I need to be replaced after mechanical issues took him out early in the race. What's his mistake, Freddie? I want to know that first. Uh, so last week he spun out, obviously. Um, just got free, spun out. Cars, cars were kind of on edge. We saw some guys spin out in qualifying last week. So we, we, we lost it, spun out last week. That's what he's referring to last week. This week, um, it was hard for me to tell. It was right in front of me. Um, obviously he got in the corner way too hot. I think that so he was getting a run on the one down off of 11 into 12, and it looked to me like the one, for whatever reason, the one checked up. We were, I think we were com getting ready to commit to making a move, and the one maybe checked up before that or just backed his entry up a little bit. That was 15 as well, right? That was, no, that was uh, 12. We were getting into 12. Uh, um, were you hitting 15, I think? No, we hit in 12. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought it was later. So we, like he, I think he, to avoid the one kind of, swerved out of line but then when he that kind of just threw off his braking and we just got in there way too hot um and i don't know any of this i haven't talked about but just what it looked like it looked like the one kind of just messed his rhythm up a little bit and then when he avoided the one it was like oh 
I am now way past my mark. Just kind of locked him up and slid into whoever it was. I think it was Jones. He and, hit Jones and Larson. And Larson. Yeah. Um, and I'm th- like, thankfully, I'm sure it didn't help their day at all. I mean, he destroyed our car. Um, but you know, that's just what he's getting. And then these remarks are just kind of Bubba being Bubba. And I, I hate when he says stuff like this. Is him being hard on himself. But you know, the, he made a mistake. You know, that's a mistake. People like the guy that Brett calls a lot of them. The, the guy that Brett calls the best driver in the world did the exact same thing last year at Indianapolis. You know, the, these guys make mistakes. You're, you're permitted to make a mistake, so you don't have to hammer yourself at all times but you know it is what it is uh i wish he didn't make the comment he's not getting replaced um and we'll be back with the cars just like last year to start the year we have super good cars our cars are fast everywhere we go um and we'll turn it around and and go on a run here at some point and it'll be soon i don't like the comments i just i mean everyone there's a lot of mistakes that were made and i know it looks two weeks in a row but there's sometimes that happens it's racing man you never know what's going to happen every week it can it can get pretty bad at some points. I mean, there was one year, even with Dale Jr. Hendrick, that one year we had was really bad, and we were struggling. So, But you just got to keep going, man. And- the hard thing about our sport is we have CMOs that allocate these budgets to fund sponsorships for race cars, and you only have to change one CMO's mind one way or the other for it to be a bigger sponsorship or for it completely go away. So when, you, when you're the guy, and look, Bubba Wallace is the guy. I mean, he's the longest tenured driver at 2311 Motorsports. I mean, even though you're a young company, he's still the longest tenured guy. And he's what allowed you to be able to really start the company. I mean, Bubba was garnering a lot of sponsorship, a lot of attention, and he's a talented guy. And and when he goes on there and says something like this, it, the optics of it are bad. And I think probably he wishes he had it back. I think he probably wishes he wouldn't have said it. But to, to Freddie's point, I mean, he tends to wear his feelings on the sleeve and – some of these interviews, you just got to be more aware of, of what you're talking about and how you're saying it and how you're presenting yourself. Because, I mean, I don't see Michael Jordan, you know, when he, in his heyday of, of missing a shot to win a game and him be like, well, I should have made a shot. I need to be replaced. Like, I think it's just a little bit too much. Um, you're not, in the Cup Series. I mean, you're in yeah, the highest you, form you can be in here. Yeah, I mean, you. if anything, just, man, don't – well, don't, just he's don't won say, every, He's won at every level he's been at. We didn't win an Xfinity race yet, but we will. <laughs> uh, but like, and, and and that I think another thing that plays into it, and and we kind of seen this last year with that deal at Vegas. We were that was up until that point. Bubba was having the best week he's ever had at a road course. It was fast in practice, you know. I mean, and this is we were perennial. I mean, when we were when we were at forty three. We were awful at road courses. I mean, we'd run twenty fifth, you know. And then you know he got a little better. We got a little more speed at Toyota, obviously, and he got a little bit better. But we still weren't super competitive, you know. We could run fifteenth ish, maybe twelfth, you know, sneak a couple top tens in. But like he was second in practice in our, you know, then we were, you know, he qualified 11th, I think right there with everybody else. Um, and then he was running 11th and, you know, working Ross over to pass him for a top 10. So he was having his best week ever. And then, you know, makes a mistake. So I feel like, you know, he's coming into the weekend. I mean, he even tweeted something about like, who the hell's the guy driving a 23 this week, you know? So coming in now, you think like your hopes are here, like before, you know, his hopes for expectations, road course, were, expectations were, low. were lower. Now, you know, man, holy, you know, I'm actually, I'm, improve way better obviously a lot of that's Tyler helping you know the guys at the shop Keegan Leahy did a lot of work behind the scenes also at 2311 helped them guys who's their uh Coca-Cola sim racer um but 
you know, like you're you're having your best week ever, and then that you know something else creeps up, and it's just like a another punch to the gut. I, I watched Bubba's incident happen, and we used to see it all the time with these cars. You would wheel hop, and you'd bust your butt. And obviously, he didn't wheel hop. These cars are a lot harder to wheel make wheel hop. The Cup cars are, Xfinity cars aren't. But I mean, he just dude, he's missed the mark, and and that's that's freaking easier to do than you think when you're, I mean, you're going balls to the wall. And you miss one little thing, and next thing you know, you're in too deep. Well, 10 feet's a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The way these guys drive. So, oh, it's um, huge. He'll be back, man. Look, we've seen this guy come back and have success. And, and I, I would imagine he shows up at Richmond with an attitude and a chip on his shoulder, and he goes out there and has a good day. Let's move on to Reaction Theater. You can always tell when NASCAR born caution. Two cars spin out, less five laps go, Nick Fanny Rice. You know they born caution. Them crazy fools. Dumb motherfuckers. We're going to either roast NASCAR or we're going to love NASCAR but not calling that caution. Extend it right before five minutes. <laughs> if Jason Brownlow was ever going to get drunk and call into the show, <laughs> that's what it would sound like. Jason Brownlow, for, for y'all, you that don't know, Jason Brownlow joined us on the show here. Oh maybe our, our first year, he TJ. Did? Yeah, yeah Brownlow was, was on the show yeah. with us. Um, he's lo- he loves DBC. He is now the assistant series director in the Xfinity series. So basically, he's Kip in the Cup series, but he's expensive. He was Kip yesterday in the Cup series. Was actually, he? Yeah. Oh, nice. Kip, Kip Kip. I am a, I am a Brownlow fan, but if he were going to get <laughs> faced and call in, that's what he would sound <laughs> yeah, like. Congratulations to Kip Childers. His daughter got married over the weekend, so yeah. I seen Brownlow yesterday, and he said, "Do not get used to seeing me on Sundays." <laughs> Congrats to Kip. His daughter got married. You said, uh, yeah. Mm, I dread that day. I was going to say, yours is not coming too far. No. So what no. do you do? I mean, The groom might not show up. I'm talking like. <laughs> About what part? He went missing. Um, I don't know. What do you do at that point, though? You got a guy sitting on the track. Oh, had, I mean, the car, like every week we get a back caution. I think this guy was kind of being facetious. Like, I know, but like. I couldn't it. understand a word he said, so. Uh, <laughs> All right, carry on. <laughs> I needed something. I felt like I was just I listening. just kept hearing Brownlow in what my head that, while I got talking. What's that show um, where they shoot the alligators? Um, swamp people or whatever? That's all I can oh, think. Like, yeah. I need subtitles for no, I don't think it's swamp people. So there's a turtle guy came to a race one time. Yeah, he did. Shoot him. Shoot him. The turtle like, man. Yeah, the turtle uh, man was there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's all. I needed subtitles for that one. But, yeah. I'll tell you what ain't going to happen. I ain't going to go get no people. turtles. <laughs> and I am definitely not hunting no crocodiles. <laughs> not happening. No. No. Show's called Swamp People. Swamp People, yeah. That's it. Well, it's Monday morning. I'm heading to work and just figured I'd message you guys to see what you think will happen on this next overtime restart. <laughs> uh, do you think Tyler Reddick can hang on with the two or three cars that are left, or are they going to all junk themselves too? What a f***ing joke. I tell you what, super speedways and road courses. One green-white checkered. That's it. It's all they need. I'm still going to wreck. Yeah, still going to wreck. Because if you know it's the last one, you're going to wreck more because mm-hmm. you're trying that much harder. Listen, you know, as good as Tyler was yesterday, them restarts, there wasn't no breeze. You know, no, like you can't, you can't a lot get away. Of, and it, there's, no, there's no fine line because if you back your entry up, you're getting run over. If you go a little bit too hard, you're going to go out wide and, and Byron pass him at the one point, you know. He was he was really relying on the pit box to relay some data to him about you know what he's doing differently because they're like you know your your entry point is different 
under green than it is on these restarts. You know, you're not, but it's so hard to, you know, if you give up a little bit, you're worried about getting run over. And then what he was going in too hard and washing out to the right and getting past. So, you know, it's just a fine line of how far you can go into one. Yeah. And I, like, I was worried for Tyler because there's no way I would have thought he got through all them restarts. But I will say that the guy behind him was preaching respect and he was in a perfect position to, Either yeah. ruin when what he, he said when he or chose, preach what he said. I felt a lot more confident for Tyler when Kyle got to third and kept choosing behind him because he was going to take care he of He was not, not even such – like he, Tyler had a little better tires. Kyle had short pit right before that caution came out, so he had about five laps on his tires. So I knew Tyler would have a little better drive off of turn one. So even if he washed Byron out wide a little bit, he was going to get a better run down in the S's than Kyle. And Kyle, like you said, just preached respect, so he couldn't be the guy. If yeah. you go out on TV and talk about, uh, you know, you, these guys don't respect anybody, then you're the guy that yeah. bombs it in there three wide into one and wipes everybody out. You're going to look like an idiot. I think Kyle raced very good. I don't think in his mind at all he was thinking how I'm going to go in there and move this and guy was, and win the race. There was one time that he did move Tyler up into Byron a little bit, and to Tyler's credit, he kind of knew it wasn't to Kyle. He said, "What happened? Yeah. Why did I get hit there? Because I don't think it was the eight, and it was some I don't know. It was the ninety nine, yeah. the one behind him that kind of bounced off each other and launched him in there. But yeah, to Kyle's credit, he did a good job there. About time we give some love up to Alex Bowman. The man was penalized a hundred points. Penalized <laughs> He's already moved into sixteen. <laughs> He's within a race of tenth and points. He had a hundred points dropped off his total, and he's leading everyone at SHR except Harvick. What is this? Did they bust out like the prime Jimmy Johnson equipment over there? How is that possible? Uh, it's called not wrecking. Yeah, uh, Alex has had. Just, he was the point leader when he got a hundred point penalty, <laughs> and he just he's had a solid year of just quiet single digit finishes, and that's showing right now. Like that's what you're seeing. I don't know if yesterday was quiet. Well, I mean. <laughs> Not as quiet, <laughs> but to that to this point though, he finished the Daytona 500. He didn't get wrecked in a yeah. turn one wreck. Um, he's hasn't had any has had any bad luck. I didn't know. So when he was leading the points before the penalties, obviously, I thought somebody had made a mistake because they're like, "Oh, by, uh, Bowman's the point leader." I'm like, "No, they mean Byron's the point leader because Byron yeah. had won two races." And I looked. I'm like, "Oh no, they're right. Bowman is the point leader, and he's just been quietly consistent, and that's fine. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. His wins are getting ready to come. Oh, oh that's they're awesome. coming." Yeah. I think I think his wins are coming. I think he wins three races this year. That's a fair number. All right. Well, don't forget to leave us an audio message for next week's show. Just head to anchor.fm slash clear. You'll see that message icon, and Andrew will keep picking the best ones each week. It's time for Ask DBC. Don't forget to use ask or hashtag AskTBC on Twitter when you're sending in your questions. Uh, this first question is from Daniel Fogarty. What was the deal with the snake posted Jeez. on Freddie's Twitter? So that was Bark Doll's video. Yeah. And that was, I swear to God, when I looked at the video, I thought somebody else sent it to Bark Doll. I didn't think, I thought that was like a different time or during oh, a race no. or something. But what it was, was during, we were in the second group of qualifying. Bark Doll was in the first group of qualifying. So He's he went back. back after the first group was over and was walking to his car, and he said, the gate guy said, hold on, don't go that way. And he said, no, my car's right, I'm going that way. And the guy, gate guy said, no, you got to go over here. And Barkdahl said, no, I'm going right over here because my car's over there. And he said, okay, well, there's a giant rattlesnake over there. And Barkdahl said, okay, I'm going to go that way. <laughs> so Barkdahl video, the video that I tweeted. So it was a rattlesnake. It was a rattlesnake oh, yeah. and a gigantic rattlesnake at that. Yeah. And but the, So then I get back to the car, and I'm looking at the video, and I swear to God that that snake – 
I walked right over it to get to the stand for qualifying. Yeah, like it's I had our to. Path. It was it was on. I was like, you know, the, so you park in this little dirt lot, and you have a little bit of a walk to the fence line, and there's a gate there, and then you go up to the left. You were only like one. car or two down. You're I right was. Yeah, it was right next to you. Yeah, like it was directly on my path. Within it was probably within arm's length of me. Wow. If I would have held my arms out and walked, that that would have covered where that snake was. Y'all don't have a good experience playing with big snakes. You better stay away. Austin is Listen, so weird. This thing, when uh, Herm saw it, and he he said he went by it, and it was all curled up into a ball, and he said, oh, I thought it was a little, like, you know, little snake. This dude picks that thing up, and it oh, is. It's big. It's not. Yeah, it yeah. was. Uh, I didn't understand. The guy just threw it in the back of his truck. Like, I think either that. I think there might have been a bucket back there. Like, you know how they put him in a bucket? Oh, maybe I, not. It looked to me out. like he just tossed it in the back Ooh, of the bed of his God. truck. Or would you get in that truck with that snake? No. no. <laughs> I mean, God. I, I don't. I didn't want to walk back. To, I, like, you, you, you talk about me paying attention. You should have seen me walk through the grass the rest of the weekend. I know. You're like I a ballet crawling. dancer. I was, uh, I was crawling so, through there. Just <laughs> <laughs> we were walking over the next the next trip, and I got her pretty good. Uh, we were <laughs> we were just kind of out in front of the cars, and he's kind of got got his case and. I stopped real quick and I'm like, oh, watch out. Man, he jumped. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, like, when I saw the video, I was like, oh, that's down that other hill, like down oh, towards no. turn two more. Then I'm looking at the video and I'm like, the Porta John is directly in front of me. And then, like, the, the that's where the yeah. snake was. I, was like, I mean, if things oh. can kill you, right? They got I mean, venom, depending, right? I don't know, depending uh, on what kind uh, of was, a, I would a assume. A rattlesnake so. is they, definitely yes, a venomous yeah. snake. That is yeah, it can kill you. Yeah, rattlesnake. Would you um, let one bite you? No. How much? I don't know. <laughs> I had a buddy that let a copperhead bite him twice in the hand one time. Which buddy? Topher. I, mean, I ain't surprised. Yeah, I mean, he spent a couple of days in intensive care unit. Well, first of all, you can't pin a copperhead underneath your flip-flop in the corner of a step and try to catch it when you can't even you see You don't think that that's head. a good idea? No, it didn't work out. <laughs> it did not work out well. We yeah. have a ton of copperheads around here. We yeah. don't have rattlesnakes, really. That's. I have never but we do have a ton of copperheads. Dude, I saw them when I lived... Out in the land there, I, every day almost they they would cross the um, the asphalt would be warm. I think they like to be on. Where's it, the water at out there? Other than the pond, there's a creek. Yeah, out a creek. No, there's a creek oh, down a there. creek. They yeah. love creeks. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. When I lived in, is that creek where the campers used to be? Or the campers on the other side of the creek in the on the hills? Yeah, okay. Whenever Topher got bit, I lived in the house that was like a hundred yards up from the Whisker River right there. Yeah, and we ended up back there, and that's where he became a snake charmer. <laughs> snake <laughs> charmer. All right. Well, on that note, this next one is from Patrick Fortuna. What did you think of Kurt Busch's emotion on the broadcast and what kind of role does he play at 2311 this year? Freddie, I definitely want to know your answer to the second part of this question. But I think, Brett, you mentioned you saw the broadcast or did you? So, no, I actually saw on Twitter where people were complaining about his bias. um, And then some people were praising him for basically saying that that was his team and the amount of love he had for that team. He wished he was driving that car, and I guess he became literally tearful. Um, I, I, I didn't see that part of it, but, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you could. You, I listened to it at the end, and, and it, listen, it's hard for Kurt. Kurt's supposed to be driving that car, you know? And, and That was his car. That's his car. It still is his car, technically. I mean, you know, like, if he wanted to be driving, obviously he's not going to drive it now because Tyler's in it, but he could drive the third car. But, like, Danny, I think, reiterated yesterday, like, if Kurt, when Kurt's ready to drive or clear to drive, he's got to ride, and he's he'll be a 2311 for life, I think Danny said. So, you know, and Kurt has been – an unbelievable teammate. Like he was the first one to call Bubba when we were in victory lane last year at Kansas. You know, he's, he was running right down there to see Tyler this week. Um, he's in a lot of our pre-race meetings. He's in a lot of our, a lot of their, you know, meetings during the week. 
So he's just an unbelievable teammate, and he's designated himself now the um, the ambassador of fun for twenty three eleven racing. He he's had some interesting videos if you see them. He he brought he showed up one day with like I don't know thirty or forty um, RC big RC cars for other guys in the shop and lunch break there crashing these things all over the place. Um, so so he has now embraced himself as I believe his title is the ambassador of fun. Which if you know Kurt, you know he's he can he has the ability to be very fun. Um, and uh, he but just on the on the serious side of it, he has been an unbelievable teammate. He helped Bub out a lot last year, and he's just been there for them guys to rely on, like a, a source of information pretty much for Tyler and Bubba to, to go to if they need anything. I feel like he does a good job in the booth when I listen to him. I mean, he he has very methodical thought processes that he goes through before he delivers to the the viewers what he thinks, and I think he does and he does a that, great job. He does that in like, you know, I went to a test with him before last season started. I think it was Phoenix maybe. And just the way, just his feedback of like the way he dissects every little detail. And then our pre-race meetings, he'll tell, you know, he'll tell Bubba last year and Bubba was Bubba and Ty last year. He'd be like, okay, guys, just so you know, when you go green to start the third stage, your car is going to be considerably tighter. He goes, I don't really know why that happens. He says, but you know, that's, that's just the way this place trends. And, you know, so don't, you know, if don't over adjust at that point, because you think the track's getting away from you. He's like, that's just, but it's like, like he remembers every little nuance of every race he's been in. And, and he's just, he's just a, a great leader, a great, teammate and uh we're lucky to have him and i don't think that being biased on the broadcast brings anything negative to it whatsoever i think that if i think that if he was on there every week it would be an issue right. but like if you're a fill-in guy and you're obviously working for 2311 you know if what, what are you supposed to do you know and especially if that's your car you know i like that yeah i saw a lot of people choked you know they were getting choked up with him at the end of the race because he literally yeah. was in tears or you know choked up having trouble speaking as they're coming to check there's so many brothers that were drivers that have come through the sport and I think, and I mean, I'm sure statistics are going to back this up, but I haven't looked at statistics. Like, the Bush brothers are by far the best brother duo. They now hold the record for the most wins by brothers. I think it, they he passed it, they passed it when Kyle won that last right, race. Right, right. But in the Cup Series, you know, you see guys um, like Jeff Bodine, right, who was a really good race car driver, had some success at Hendrick, and then you see Brett Bodine, who was also a good race car driver. I remember him driving the 26 Quaker State car. But, like, Jeff, uh, Brett just never won a bunch of races, you know, and you look at even the Waltrips. I mean, Daryl won 84 races, and I think Michael won four, you know, like, and, and Michael certainly had a lot of other ones. He had opportunities to win but didn't pull it off. Like you just – you look at the brothers, and it's like it's rare you see two brothers that are, that are great, and they're both great. All right, well, let's move on to what an idiot. What an idiot, man. Where are we going this week? Richmond? I got a spot this weekend. Y'all know that? Back? Yeah, I'm coming well, you're back. You're probably, right there. You probably, I, I'll agree <laughs> with you on that. Yeah, Chandler Smith's making his cup debut. So, obviously, he tried to make the Daytona 500. We had some issues there. Um, so, Richmond, man, it'll be, a, it'll be a fun weekend. I was texting with him a little bit this morning. Yeah. And I hope he wrecks Brett Keselowski. I mean, there's a good chance he has him locked up into the corner. Because he hits whoever TJ's spotting for. Apparently. So, so if I get near you, I'm going to wave and be like, TJ, get the f*** out of my way. Hey. Apparently, Chandler needs to learn how to get into the corners a little bit better. <laughs> no, I like Richmond, man. A lot of uh, a lot of fun's been had in that area for me. Obviously, we've worked for Elliott forever, and Emporia, Virginia is about an hour south. We spend a lot of time in Richmond, Norfolk, and Virginia Beach. So I'm looking, looking forward. I guess we'll go up on Friday. 
Friday oh, yeah. afternoon Friday, is when I'm going. Yeah, Friday afternoon. We don't do any tools. Well, there's a modified race Friday modified night. Race Are you Friday. doing it? No. I saw a garage open like 4 o'clock on Friday, so I figured yeah. we'd have to go. I was in a spot for Ryan Flores in the modified race, but somehow he didn't get approved to race, and they let some of the people race that thing that don't get – they don't – they get parked for minimum speed every week. Really? <laughs> yeah, Flores – How is he not approved to race? Because he hasn't run a half-mile modified race, so he can't run a three-quarter-mile modified race, I guess. I don't – At least they got rules. I mean – if you there's, uh, I'm not gonna <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, but I mean, I know exactly. Like, what I, you're I, I, this might be leading into my one. <laughs> no. Who's your one idiot, Freddie? My one idiot for this week has to go to, and I don't. I'll call the driver out, but it's probably a one idiot for the team award. Uh, Ty Gibbs and the '54 team, because they voluntarily gave up a point in this race. They they were coming to green at lap 15, which was the stage break that we were not stopping for obviously and we have the choose rule and ty was running 10th and ty chose 11th on the restart and we were just literally taking the green and and ending the stage so it was not like he was going to get through turn one any different yeah Uh, so he literally just gave up a point now i don't know if he realized that at the time or the team failed to remind him like hey you're coming to the checker here um but that's i mean listen and it sounds nothing like sounds like nothing a point but we've seen Many battles decided by one point somewhere throughout the years. So I don't think you voluntarily want to give up stage points. I mean, I, I feel like it's a pretty pretty um, obvious decision here is, is the pit road in the pit road stuff. So you just can't. Cars aren't weapons. So unless you're going to turn one at a road course. But you think he gets popped? Has to. Yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt. Has to. There, there's no doubt. And you just can't act like I mean, if you want to get out, stop – beating the cars up. I mean, go talk to the guy. If you, whatever, however it goes from there, fine. But don't use your, your, especially on pit road, man. There's too many people standing around there. There's, there's just not, that's not a good area. Everybody I was around all week was brilliant. So I don't have any idiots this week. I know that's a shocker. I'll give I'll give you an honorary idiot this week. Okay. And it's, and I, the only one I noticed it for, because I was over there still yeah. is AJ. These guys don't realize they're kicking our ass so bad that we're all still racing behind them. AJ drives up the hill after he takes a checkered flag and does this smoky-ass burnout, and now I can't see down the front straightaway because I'm just looking at a cloud Man, of smoke. That's true, too. I was, like, I was like, I Chandler come off a little 20, and I'm like, I got nothing. I can't see a single thing because I'm just looking into a cloud of smoke from AJ's burnout. And I'm sure Tyler did the same thing. I'm sure Zane did the same thing. Like These guys come to the top of the hill, and it's a cool deal yeah. because there's a grandstand right there, so it it's awesome cool. for the people. But damn it, boys, we're still racing behind you, and we can't see I- and our scaffolding is only two yeah. stories high, so we're almost eye level. Yeah, eye level with I think I complained about that last year as to what an idiot was who ever had us that low on the racetrack. Like yeah, we, we do need to be, need to be higher. higher. We need well, to be in the top row of that grandstand over there. Freddie and I got to spend some time with Marcus Smith on Friday night. Oh, I'm sorry, Marcus. Saturday night. <laughs> Saturday I'm night. sorry. Saturday night. This could either go great or horrible. No, no, there's no it way it goes great. I thought it was fantastic. Freddie had him for like 45 minutes, so I feel like anything you need to happen, you just let Freddie right. know and he'll he'll hit Marcus yeah, up. Freddie. I literally love – I could sit there. Helicopter to North Wilkesboro. I, I, I just love to talk racing. And, like, I didn't really strike Marcus as the guy that would just love to sit there and talk racing. And we literally sat there and just hashed out all kind of different topics, oh, appeal boy. stuff. I I figured he was going to – he was I, he was coming towards me with a plate of food to sit down and eat. And I was like, there's a good chance he hits me with this 
fucking play the tape. Like, I don't just, remember everything I've said on the podcast oh, or... I wish like, that just <laughs> Knocks him right out of the chair. <laughs> but he sat down and we had a great conversation. I talked to his son, Graham, actually. May come on the show. He dude, was Graham was a good good kid. Uh, cool so dude. We're talking about him, maybe getting him to come on here and talk. He's got a lot of stuff going on with Legend Car Racing and a lot of trying to bring up some, you know, just draw attention to the youth of the sport and try to build that deal back up. So we're talking to him about maybe coming on. But yeah, I thought it was a great conversation. I think Brett was a little worried. I was... I, I, look, man, we got to talk <laughs> I'm about... I'm still worried. I don't know what you're <laughs> I'm still worried. We got right to now. talk about North Wilkesboro, which as a child was my favorite track. I started going to races at four years old. So, damn, that was a long time ago, almost 40 years ago. Um, but no, we got to talk a lot about North Wilkesboro. I talked about the first time I met his dad and his dad's office at Charlotte Bruton. And so, no, man, it's always great catching up with industry folks. And, and Marcus is a smart guy. You look at what he's done with North Wilkesboro, that takes big kahunas. You look at the fact that we're at Coda. That's him. I mean, that's him and him and his company. What's next? You look at the fact that they are working on Nashville. Yeah, Obviously, y'all figure out what's next even after that. I can't, mean, can't, Rockingham, are we going back? We, in? we talked a little y'all bit about, about Texas. That? We talked a little bit about everything. Softer tires, more horsepower, and short tracks, that's right? pretty much exactly okay. right. what we talked about. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it was how cool. About, how about the, the band that played that event? Yeah, the, the, the Spankowitz. Sparkowitz. Jesus. What, what was the their spasmatics. name? Spasmatics. Oh, Spasmatics. <laughs> And there's like three or four of them. There's uh, there's one in Nashville, one in Vegas, and one in Texas. They I were assume. like an '80s cover band, but they all dressed up. Like you ever yeah. see the movie Nerds? Remember the movie Nerds? Yeah. That's, that's how they dress. They, dress. they all dress up like that, and they act yeah. like a bunch really? of spaz. Like they one just, dude legitimately wore a helmet the whole show. <laughs> like, ogre. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they was they was it was the really they, and they did a good job. Absolutely were, zero idea. No what idea. About, no by idea. The way. I think all even though it directly relates to all of them over there. Yeah. That's what you're saying. They're nerds. You call me an ogre? No. There's a guy named Ogre. You're a lot smaller than Ogre, I can tell you that. But there's a reason why it's called Ogre. And he can he chugs beers out of like punch bowls and stuff. Go like home. Freddy. Go home, Andrew. Rent nerds. I'll pay for it. We got Richmond, obviously Bristol Dirt, which is different. Martinsville coming up. What do you think this package is gonna race like now that they've quote played with the short track stuff? Uh I, I, I'm the same. I, I think it'll be – I mean, honestly, the last race at Richmond I thought was – it widened out, didn't it? A little bit. Yeah, which was nice to see. So maybe a little bit further with the package, like they've developed a little bit, maybe it'll maybe it'll come into play a little bit. I don't I, know. We'll I think – you know, and it should be better, I would hope, a little bit better. Um, but – Well, it ain't going to get worse. The, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just That's saying. a fact. They're going in the right direction um, for sure. It, it, like the thing we need to eliminate, and I, we keep talking, we beat to a dead, you know, beat a dead horse on here is the shifting. Like, there's yeah. no penalty for not, you know, if you have a bad corner, you just drop a gear and take off. Like, and so, you know, I think Danny was talking about on his podcast. It's like, you know, you've you've kind of eliminated the mistakes because if you do make a mistake, you just downshift and, and you and you keep your momentum. So, you know, we and see that a lot. The, at a lot of times they use the downshift to help turn. Yeah, turn. Too. Uh, we see that a lot of Martinsville. Like a guy will overshoot the corner. You're like that was your that was your sign. I got him. You know, like I just got to get off here and I'm gonna. And then he just boop. Yeah, take, he drops takes drops the gear. Off. And he takes off. And you're like, well, they sh-. drive. Like, they have so much drive with the rear tires and the grip. Now they have so much drive on the exit. The car, there's no penalty for. They are throttling up so hard. This is a cup car. You're not supposed to be able to just mad it yeah. off the corner. Like you're not supposed to be able to do that. Which is one thing I liked about that. I thought I saw at the North Wilkesboro test a little bit was. Looked like they had their hands full. Well, I remember. I don't. I Marcus didn't wasn't wasn't sure, but I saw a tweet of, from the truck 
test that said three seconds of fall off. If there's anything like that in the cup race, I mean, that's going to be a phenomenal wow. race. Yeah. Three seconds is that would be awesome. awesome. I was watching a video they had of uh, of Busher coming off the corner. He wasn't. He was like, yeah, and not until he got straight, which is how it used to be. You couldn't get full throttle on a cup car until you were in a straight. Oh, yeah, you'd buzz rear tires off. You'd of spin it. them all the way to the flag, and you could hear it. Like, yeah. So I'm all for struggling. These guys say they're fighting for rear grip, but. If you compare a car now to go 15 years ago to watch a guy come off the corner in a COT car, those guys struggle for grit. Yeah. You know, so. 345 green flag at Richmond on Sunday. So, we, what time do we, hey, we can go to Big House Sunday, Freddie. Okay. Sold. TJ, you going with us? Absolutely not. Come on, TJ. <laughs> 445. Oh, yeah, you'll be there by 10, right? Yeah. What's your, yeah, I mean, it's a short flight, too, so. Yeah, 45 minutes max. Yeah, we'll get there. We can do it. You'll be there around 10. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I can't believe Speaking I'm of big owls, oh. uh-oh. Uh-oh. they used to have something called a nerd shot. Oh, yeah. They used to. And what they would do is they would take vodka and soak it in nerds, the candy nerds. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming y'all know what nerds are. Yeah. So they would. Talk about nerds a lot this week. They would soak <laughs> the vodka in nerds, and then they would take Casey and rim the top of the glass with crushed nerds. So that actually sounds pretty good. Sounds it's like a lot of sugar. sugar. <laughs> it doesn't got, exist anymore because that could bring me the big house. I think they got rid of it. But it we, got, we can probably, they got in trouble. We could probably make it for you. Yeah. Apparently, you can't make your own liquor and put it back in the bottle. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. Oh. Allegedly. Allegedly, there's state laws against that. <laughs> what do you mean back in the bottle? Back in the shop. No, yeah, but they're mixing it up and then putting it back in. And because you can't free pour from something that's not a bottle. What if you use a different bottle? <laughs> I don't know. But a bartender just, Ben might know. Yeah, yeah, we'll get bartender Ben. Bar- on ben, you shit. just Ben, you need to make the shots, and we'll do them next week. Well, just from my experience going out and about in Charlotte, there's pre-mixed shots everywhere you go in a different container. So they could have just done that. It just doesn't have. I to mean, be doesn't that isn't that the same thing that Saeed does? Saeed does. <laughs> There's probably a lot of questionable <laughs> Saeed does. <laughs> Saeed's just... That might explain Saeed. the few uh, outcomes uh, of It's been so long since I've been to Saeed's. Oh I know. It's gosh. been like three weeks for me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's been like it's been like 10 years for me probably, but it used to be very entertaining. Uh, let's sure let's go. Serious. Let's go Sunday no, night. Let's, let's not go. say you we guys, did. We should maybe do volleyball at Saeed's and then go to the... Th- hey, you know what? Volleyball? Thursday's John's birthday. We just go to Saeed's Thursday is this week? Yeah. My brother John's uh, turning... Oh, oh. I don't know how old he is. 36 probably. I like John. Yeah. John's a really good guy. John's <laughs> a good guy. Uh, I love that John has nothing to do but scour the internet. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> For what? Thank you, John. Just, just you, are, <laughs> you are not my one idiot this week. <laughs> Oh, now you have to. No, uh, absolutely not. That is not going to happen. That is, that's like, that's going to be like uh, your um, what town you in? Sorry. Oh, Columbia. Columbia. Yeah, that that's, that's gonna, that will never make it on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Promise you that. Brett don't even know what we're talking about. Nah, but he will. <laughs> Thank you, John, All right. Johnson Craft. Let's move on to DVC picks, and I can't believe it, but TJ and I swapped hey, think, wins again. What do you think we try winning one of these? Yeah. <laughs> TJ wins Austin with Kyle Busch finishing second. Brett was close with Chastain Chastain (laughs) finishing fourth. Um, That's an amazing comeback, by the way, for Ross. That's pretty impressive. Probably deserved to get his... Yeah. (laughs) But, I mean, good All right, let's move on to Richmond. Picking order starts with Freddie. Thanks for your effort, AJ. Solid Mm -hmm. top 35. (laughs) 
I will take Kevin Harvick. Oh, good call. I'll go with Denny. Brett. William Byron. TJ. That was my pick. Uh, he's on a roll. Um, he is on a roll. I think I'm going to go. Oh, man. Do I, should I lay up this week? Everyone uh, else is swinging for the fences. I know, man. So I'm just going to. I'll take Almirola. That's his. That's that probably his best track. If I wasn't picking first, that was who I was going to pick. Yeah, that's probably his best track. And he needs a good run. Yeah, I, I mean he's he's. I feel like he'll have a good race there. So. Guess we'll find out. Guess we will. Well, well it's been real. It's glad been y'all waited for me to do the show. I'm glad I got up. At, I won't, I'm not getting up at three thirty in the morning to do this again. I can tell y'all that right I now. I promise you, if I'm up at three thirty in the morning, I'm not waking up. <laughs> I was actually, <laughs> I was still up at three thirty this morning. I so. was up about two thirty. I was up at three thirty. Yeah. yeah, it ain't fun. Me and Hirsch, uh, who spots for now Gibbs, we went to a little bar, and we got him to open a bottle of that. Uh, what the hell was King, that? King Louis the Thirteenth. What? Yeah, it's a cognac. Oh, gosh. And they had this whole presentation when they served it to I us. I saw it look for like table side. Yeah, it was fancy. I'd love to know what that cost. <laughs> well, a bottle of that stuff's changed, like. I'm changing my wooden idiot. <laughs> a bottle's like 10 grand. We only got an ounce. Oh. They thought a lot of it. Anyway, gosh. I had fun in Austin, Texas, man. I uh, Was it more or less than that bread pudding you had to buy in uh, Miami? <laughs> it was about the same. <laughs> I like downtown Austin. It's not bad. Yeah, I mean, I, I, there's a there's, there's a lot of good stuff. It, to do. it can be great for a block, and then the next block be kind of so, sketch, and yeah. it's it's kind of weird. Any stories that we should be aware of? <laughs> no, just no stories. We saw a good we saw a good <laughs> band done one night. I forget what that was. The Blind Pig. Oh yeah, that was fun. Blind Pig. Good country yeah. band. I love country music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Word. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo. You're going to do it. You're going to win it. You're going to win it.